0: Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life. I'm your host, Avik, and today we are honored to have Tom Walters. So, welcome to the show, Tom. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. <laughs> great, great, lovely. So, Tom, like before we start our conversation and delving deep into this topic, I would love to mention this to all of our listeners that Tom is a seasoned meditation instructor and the soothing voice behind the widely popular podcasts Zen Commuter and Karma in Five. So with over 40 years of personal meditation experience, Tom brings a profound understanding of how meditation can provide relief to those battling anxiety and the depression. So as a former counselor for emotionally challenged uh, adolescents, he witnessed firsthand the deep pain that many individuals carry. So his own meditation practice became a sanctuary, uh, allowing him uh, to be an observer rather than absorbing the pain behind, or I mean, the pain around him. So uh, throughout his diverse career, his empathy led him to recognize the universal pain experienced by people from all walks of the life. So, however, it wasn't until a pivotal moment in heavy traffic, a uh, moment that challenged even his typically calm demeanor, that he decided to start the Zen Commuter podcast. So, initially focusing on the positive aspects of living, he later honed in—I in, mean, on the uh, transformative power of the meditation—a realization that emerged during one of his own meditative sessions so like about 10 years ago he made the courageous decision to leave the corporate world and dedicate his life to teaching meditation i would say it's a lovely uh, thought i would say and uh, it it really needs courage for anyone to think like this and start something uh, like this so his mission is very, very clear, like to help those suffering from the anxiety and depression break free from the relentless cycle of troubling uh, thoughts and feelings of the isolation. So Tom has touched the lives of thousands of students, including uh, incarcerated men serving extended sentences, guiding them towards a path of the mindfulness and healing. So in today's episode, Tom will share his insights on how meditation, a practice he believes is available to everyone and can cultivate calmness, wisdom, and the happiness. So join us as we delve into Tom's transformative journey and discover the profound impact meditation can have on our mental well-being. So let's get started. Welcome to the show, Tom. Thank you. I'm
1: so grateful. I'm so grateful to be here. And you really did your homework uh, filling in on my backstory. So thank you for being so extensive.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 So just wanted to understand, like, uh, you have over 40 years of meditation experience. So if you can share how you first discovered meditation and the impact it had on your life.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for asking my mom was pivotal in me learning how to meditate. She, uh, back in 1982, way, way back, uh, pre-internet, pre-computer, pre-cell phone. I know I sound like I'm 900 years old, but anyway, um, she used to teach meditation, uh, along with two other instructors, uh, in our community, uh, every Tuesday. So for the first year that they were meeting, I was, I think I was like 17 years old. And I asked my mom like, Oh, what are you doing? She's like, Oh, we're, Teaching uh people in the community how to meditate. I'm like, oh, that sounds great. Can I join you? She's like, uh, well, why don't you wait a little bit, sweetheart? And uh and maybe sometime soon. So for like a year, I was literally had my ear to the uh to the door listening to them in the uh, in the salon teaching meditation. And then for whatever reason, my mom acquiesced and she said, Do you want to join us today? And I was absolutely over the moon. I was like, Yes, absolutely. Uh, so that was, uh, like I said, 1982, and that was three instructors. And, uh, we met every Tuesday for, uh, for a year. And then I graduated high school and went away to college and then they still kept going, but that is where I learned how to meditate. And to that point, way back in the day, my meditation practice was very different than it was today. Back in the day, it was, I'd meditate on a Saturday, uh, on Tuesday, obviously, but then also on a Saturday. It wasn't um, a consistent practice back then, but it was very peaceful, obviously, and I learned all the benefits that come from that. I mean, I was never a really anxious kid, but as any adolescent knows, I'm like, you're always thinking, I'm like, okay, am I cool? Am I fitting in? Am I saying the right thing? So we got a ton of thoughts, just like we do as an adult, uh, but it was definitely very helpful. Uh, to calm my mind, my soul, my spirit. And then when I went away to college, obviously stressful, I was about six hours away. I was homesick every now and then. And I'm thinking to myself, oh yeah, you know what? I remember when I was meditating, I was pretty chill. So I'd sit on my bed uh, (laughs) while people were out partying. uh, I'd go out to, uh, I'd be in my room and I'd meditate. I'm like, oh, this is really beneficial. I'm like, why aren't I doing this every day? And then uh, at that point I said, yeah, I think I need to make this part of my everyday. So uh, for the first two years, it was very inconsistent. And then after that, it became very consistent. And my life has changed dramatically um, because of that. So that's, yeah, that's the backstory. That's my origin story.
0: That's, that's really lovely, I would say. Yeah, yeah. And um, <clears throat> like, I have I have radio bio and uh, from there also, like counseling the emotionally challenged adolescents. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it's, a, it's a great work. Uh, but during your earlier years, you worked as a uh, counselor for emotional challenged adolescents. So how did your meditation uh, practice? help you navigate the emotional pain you witnessed in others without absorbing it yourself?
1: Fantastic, fantastic question. It was doubly beneficial for me and for the adolescents that I counseled. Uh, It was a locked inpatient unit and many of these, uh, actually all of uh, the people that came to the unit had profound challenges. They were either uh, you know, abused or emotionally or physically, and obviously they had a lot of challenges. So many of them, um, understandably, were very angry and violent. Um, so there were times that they had challenges moderating their uh, emotions and their feelings and their thoughts. So in those cases, I'd help them with deep breathing because from a meditative standpoint, if somebody has a severe trauma, we have to teach them meditation in a different way because obviously many times, if people have uh, an extensive trauma background, meditating in the traditional way of closing our eyes right there, that creates a a challenge for people who are uh, emotionally challenged because they start reliving the whole thing. So we have to, um, meditation has to come from a different standpoint there. So, obviously, I knew this. Um, So, But I also knew that there were ways to calm the body and the mind just by taking three to four nice, deep diaphragmatic breaths. Uh, By doing that, we uh, trigger the relaxation response. When we breathe through our uh, diaphragm, expanding our belly, expanding our abdomen, it sends a signal through the vagus nerve to our brain that says, okay, there's no threat here. There's no nothing to be afraid of. So I'm going to trigger the brain basically says, okay, there's no fight, no flight. Then I can just trigger the relaxation response. So that was very helpful for the people that I counseled. But to your question as well, the two part, obviously there was a lot of volatility. There was a lot of anger. There's a lot of emotions. And many times, uh, my meditation, well, all times my meditation was very helpful because I have a shift uh, usually I was working 3 to 11, I uh, go home and immediately meditate for the very reason you talked about, to distance myself from that energy, from that emotion, from those thoughts. Uh, and It really brought me back into balance. Um, be- the other thing to be aware of too is that because of my meditation practice, I also knew that the energy that was coming towards me because of the challenges that, that the uh, adolescents had I was always, when I was on the unit itself, kind of uh, shielded because I knew what was coming. So I would, for want of a better word, encapsulate myself or cocoon myself in calm, in peace, so that those things did not absorb into my system all that anger, all that frustration. Uh, So those are the two ways that it helped uh, not only me, but the people that I worked with as well.
0: So I So uh, like uh, in your current work, you teach uh, mindfulness and uh, meditation to those suffering from the anxiety and the depression. So what special or specific techniques or the approaches do you find most effective in helping individuals free from um, like crippling thoughts?
1: Well, any meditation practice is going to be helpful because if we think about whether it be people with severe anxiety or just our day-to-day, I mean, obviously we all have anxiety on some level or, you know, we all have busy, hectic lives. um, The estimates are that 39% of people in the United States suffer from some form of anxiety. And even if you don't have a clinical diagnosis of anxiety – You know, we wake up like, oh, oh, that's right. The mortgage payments do. I'm like, oh, I wonder if my boss is going to be in a good space or bad space. So we definitely have all these thoughts running around in our heads. Meditation practice helps us. and It's very important. Not clear our minds, but find a way to interact with those thoughts from a very objective standpoint. And that's so that's going to be beneficial for people with anxiety or not, because many people, almost all people think that I had a thought it's real. Like, well, that therein lies the rub because if we empower every thought, then yes, we're going to have a lot of challenges staying relaxed, especially if we have anxiety. But any meditation practice allows us to kind of step back from thoughts and just see it kind of like a movie playing on a screen. We're not really invested in it. We're just like looking at it. I'm like, cool. Many times when we have thoughts, we, without a meditation practice, we kind of just drag ourselves in there very reactively. And we just think, oh, my God, you know, uh, did I lock my car? I'm like, oh, my, if I didn't lock my car, somebody's going to break in. We don't, have, we don't consciously cultivate these thoughts. We have them. And then, then we rush right into them with all the emotional um, fervor of those thoughts. And that's what creates anxiety. That's what creates uh, worry. But from a meditative standpoint, we have the ability to focus our mind on one thought exclusively. And that's really important as I mentioned before, many people go into meditation thinking, okay, meditation is supposed to clear my mind. Not at all. Not at all. It's supposed to allow us the objectivity to look at thoughts and not be triggered by those thoughts. So it's not about clearing our mind. We basically, if we're in a meditative practice, if we're in a session and we have a thought then we basically say, cool, I have a thought. And we are in that calm space. Like, cool. I have a thought. Nice. I acknowledge it, but I'm going to bring my mind to something else to sway myself from that thought. So many times it's breath. Well, there's breath, there's mantra, there's chanting, there's any variety of focuses because our mind can only have one thought at a time. So if we have a thought, we acknowledge it. Great. We don't Try and disavow it. We say, great, I had a thought. But then we bring our attention to something totally different, like our breath, like another focus. And then we have the ability to just shift. So that thought that became so reactive just kind of floats by. So that's helpful for anybody, whether they're having challenges with uh anxiety or just day-to-day life.
0: Cool. And that's right. So <clears throat> uh In today's noisy world filled with the media, societal pressures, and marketing, how can individuals use the meditation to find their um, true resonant path and cultivate a quieter and more focused mind?
1: Wonderful, wonderful question because you are absolutely right. We have social media, we have media, we have uh, parents, friends, coworkers, bosses, everything coming at us. One of the greatest benefits of a meditation practice is the ability to uh, do what I kind of just talked about is kind of cocoon ourselves. If we wake up without a meditation practice or some um, practice to become mindful or introspective, then all these thoughts are just going to be absorbed into who we are. It's kind of like what you were talking about earlier when I was working with uh, emotionally disturbed teenagers. Without a practice, anybody could just totally absorb all that energy, all those thoughts, and really ramp themselves up. With a meditation practice, we have the ability to kind of like put a force field out. It's like, okay. And then we kind of cocoon ourselves and all those thoughts are kind of bouncing off that cocoon because we're turning inwardly. We're not looking out at the world and saying, what does the world want me to know? What does the world want me to see? When we have a meditation practice, we turn our attention inwardly and that silences all the thoughts around us. And when we have that connection inwardly, We not only connect to our divinity, but our higher selves, and just we understand what is resonant for us. So when we turn inwardly, we kind of have that compass. And even though people are saying, hey, how about this? Buy this, buy that. Be worried about this, be worried about that. You're just like, yeah, okay, I'm cool. I'm inside you're outside. So that's where meditation really, really shines. And that is one of the most helpful things in a world where it is seemingly uh, chaotic and crazy. So that's where it's the most beneficial to put ourselves in a space where we are not uh, reactive to the thoughts, the multitude of thoughts that come at us.
0: got it. I understood. So um, uh, like uh, before we uh, like uh, before we wrap-up, like, what can listeners expect in the future from Zen Commuter and Karma 5? Uh, And how do you envision these platforms evolving to continue making a positive impact? Well, thank you for that question.
1: It's very impactful, uh, and it's definitely a labor of love. Uh, and the two shows, Zen Commuter, it will continue because it's not just me, uh, way back in the day, it was just me and, uh, not to discredit myself, but on Zen Commuter, I have a, a variety of thought leaders of meditation instructors, uh, who have different practices, different ways of teaching, uh, authors. So that's going to keep that vibe going, which is great. It's a longer show. Uh, it's a, an hour long show when I have guests and it's usually about a half an hour when I'm, uh talking about meditation principles and practices on my own and then calmer in five is uh the exact opposite little probably at 10 minutes at the most but usually between five and 10 minutes where people can start to tune in and think about ways that our thinking really creates or detracts from our level of peace because if we think about the challenges that we have it all stems from our thoughts Uh, So if we change our thinking, then we change our lives. Um, So if we have the ability to see things in a different way, then we are already starting to cultivate that peace and that calm. So that's calmer in five. And then of course, Zen commuter is helping people deepen their meditation practice, create a meditation practice and expand the meditation practice with the help of thought leaders, authors, uh, visionaries, and people in the field as well. So that's where I see it going. And... This coming year will be the 10th year of uh, Zen Commuter, which kind of blows my mind. (laughs) It's a labor of love, but uh, yeah, I think we're coming up on uh, the 2000th show uh, this week.
0: Wow. Wow. That's really, really lovely. Great. So as we conclude this illuminating episode of Healthy Mind and Healthy Life, our deepest gratitude goes to Thom for sharing your um, wealth of wisdom on the profound impact of the meditation in silencing the noise and unleashing the calm and the confidence. So to our listeners, I would love to mention that we hope that this conversation has provided you with the valuable insights with into the world of meditation and its potential to bring calmness and resilience into your life. So if you have found this episode enriching, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review. So your feedback fuels our mission to deliver the content that contributes to a healthier and more fulfilling life. So stay tuned for more episodes of Healthy Mind and Healthy Life where we continue to explore the stories and the strategies that empower and inspire. So remember that in the quiet uh, spaces of your mind, you may find the strength, wisdom, and the calmness you seek. So until next time, be well and embrace the journey to a healthier mind and the life. So Thank you so much.